0: Hey there. Welcome to the Joyful Rebels podcast. We've got Claire and Donna Thomas here, your mother-daughter duo. And today we're going to be talking about humility and how we can return to humility. So right off the bat, you might be thinking, hmm, I know I've heard that word, but it's not something that I think about often. And if you're thinking Mm -hmm. that, that's normal. It's not usually something that's listed. When people are asked to list their strengths, or things they're trying to improve, humility is not often on that list. So to define humility, sometimes it's referred to as a quiet virtue, quiet strength. It involves thinking less about ourselves and what we'd call that ego, maybe our inflated version of ourselves inside of our head. And then instead, quietly focusing on others. So maybe you can tell by that definition, it can be a challenging thing both to do and to work on in general. And again, it's not something that many of us may have ever deliberately tried to improve. But that's what we're here today to do. We're going to talk about how we can make a return to humility. And before we get into our four tips that we have for you today, we're going to talk about some examples of humility that you may have experienced in your life. So mom, we're going to read through some of these examples and you listening. I want you to think, notice, do any of these stick out to you? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's something that I've experienced because these are all referring to ways that we may have used humility in our life. All right. So mom, do you want to start us off?
1: I do and I I needed more context around this because I think I had a different idea of what humility was and I'll sum it up with a quote at the end of all this but it was it was great learning because I really like the quieter virtues. I, I, I like that. I like those behaviors because I think those are the essence of life. Some of the big ones we can tackle, they're obvious. They come over and over. But really the fine tuning of some of the, I don't think it's lesser, but I think it's quieter. I think that mm. is one way to say that, that those are the things that light me up because they're they're fun. And, and I don't think everybody's doing that. And and I've, I had a chance to redefine how I felt about it, because I felt that humility was putting others always in front of myself, and but not just putting them before me, but pushing myself down. Mm. So that was my jump off point before I learned that some of the other ways that it presents itself look like this. One way is humility is when you listen more than you speak. Okay. You know,
0: I like that one. I think that that makes sense when I hear that. Okay, yeah, humility. Another example, humility can occur when you point out someone else's success over focusing on your own.
1: Hmm. Mhm. Uh, humility is also when you secretly find ways to get others to share about themselves and their stories. <laughs> you ask them questions, "How huh? do I want to hear, tell me more about you?" Love it.
0: Humility can be when I become second to we or you. So again it's taking that focus away from that that intrinsic that ego that inflated view we have of ourselves and instead focusing on the we aspect of it.
1: Mm. And when we talk about uh, the chatter in our heads that can be called our ego, and there's just so much, I mean, raise your hand if you're an overthinker and you've got a lot going on upstairs, this next one will speak to you. And that is humility is found when we place our pointer finger on our lips and and very quietly say, shh, our ego. <laughs> now, I'm not yelling at it. I'm just gently <laughs> redirecting. Shh. I like that a lot.
0: It's that gentleness. Awareness, but then that gentleness. Um, yeah. Humility happens when your feet feel grounded to the earth. Mm. So we talk about that a lot. I know I reference that a lot when we're talking about yoga and the importance of getting grounded. But I have the opposite sometimes. I know we're going through this list, but it's just I'm thinking of it. I really do experience that. Maybe you're listening to where my thoughts are just in so many other places and maybe worrying about how I'm fitting into either things I've done in the past or situations in the future, I sometimes really feel like my head is just kind of untethered and my mind's kind of floating around and it doesn't feel good. So Mm. to feel grounded is a necessary step to then really feel good about myself, feel good about how I'm out there in the world, to be able to work on some of these quieter virtues that I want to, like being able to put others before myself. So that importance of feeling grounded, man, I experience that all the time.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. And there's more research out on what grounding actually does. And I love that that's included as its own separate um, way to describe it because it's, it's just emerging as its own entity, which I really appreciate because it does so much good. Now, a couple more of these and see again, if you're listening, like are any of these landing where you're like, yep, I can see that in me. Like some of these tend to pop out. That's why we love to give you a list to see where it goes for you. One of them also can be humility occurs when someone shares their personal insight and you don't tell them that it originated from me. Now, I'm a Greek girl. I like my big fat Greek wedding, the original one. And what I've really liked, and maybe some of you have seen it because it's been around forever, but one pivotal scene in the movie was when the 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 main couple that the husband makes all the decisions and he says all the answers, and that could be typical of how some really strong marriages from many decades ago probably were. But anyway, the wife was really kind of quiet about it, Laney Kazan, and she said, "Hey, the neck turns the head. The neck turns the head." So she had the idea. But he's kind of came up with it himself and he was able to say, we're going to do this. But she's the one all along that was giving the uh, the information, was steering the conversation, was uh, encouraging him to think it through. So we have influence, but we don't necessarily have to take credit for it. When we don't take credit for it in various situations and we allow other people to emerge and use their voice, then we get to deepen our humility and we let other people also then work on their confidence. So I think that's a win-win.
0: Yeah. And we had chatted before that this I, this one definitely calls out to me the most. I see this with my kids, but it was such a powerful tool um, in my past as a teacher that when, you know, even if it's something that I did harp on many times or a lesson that we've done, but when someone would come up with an idea and just that confidence that they have, and instead of kind of knocking them down at the knees. Oh, yes, I told you that, right? Like that doesn't feel good. But the opposite feels so good, like allowing them to sit there. Oh, I worked this out. It's a confidence booster, like them feeling good about themselves. And then, you know, in return, you get to feel a little bit good, too. Like, oh, yeah, look, at it. I, I put I put that information out there and someone's picked it up. So I think that that's one of these important things about humility, is that the purpose is to help serve and help. Others you've got this quiet strength of building other people up, but there is benefit to you as well. And so humility can really be when you can sit confidently and simultaneously see how small you are in comparison to all the people and beings in the world. And that I really like how that is. And maybe at first glance or the first time you're hearing it, um, you're like, "What? But there is some empowerment. And some, some relief in acknowledging that we are just one mm-hmm. being in the world. And we can have a strong and incredible impact and connection with those around us. Um, but it does feel good to just understand your essence and recognize your place in the universe. So it can be really hard. To stick with humility. And again, in the beginning, we said we're talking about a return to humility, which is based off of some research by Dr. Ryan Nemec, which we will share in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But why is it so hard? Well, because we're hardwired for something that we call this self serving bias. And in past episodes, we talked about some ways of being that I have, you have, we all have that have evolutionary history behind us mm-hmm. or that maybe just benefited us in this lifetime at some point, but it doesn't anymore. But it is easy to exhibit this self-serving bias. So uh, maybe we're quicker to notice how um, our, our um, better qualities And what we can bring to a relationship as opposed to what the other person can offer. Or maybe we think that we work harder and we're Mm -hmm. making more contribution than someone else because we can see the effort that we put in. So it must have been more.
1: Uh, Wait, hold on there, Claire, because I have to interject that. When you say that about we perceive we work harder and the contributions, I have lived in that space and I can tell you that I was miserable at that time. (sighs) When I feel like I got to like shout what I've been doing because people aren't like I'm not feeling seen or heard, that is not a great place to be in. That is not a great place, but I didn't feel like I had any power in that when maybe if I could have pivoted and understood, if I had that developed a a way of a different kind of listening and then responding, I could have had more influence in that situation, but I didn't know. But I can tell you what it looks like when you don't know and you continue on a path that's not working. It doesn't feel good. So again, you'll have some of these tools when you need them and you get a heads up on them, but you can't. I can't feel badly about something I didn't know. Right. So I hope if anybody's listening to this, like, don't ever feel badly about that. Like, oh, I've been there. We've all been there. We get the jump off point now. That's why we're doing the work together.
0: Yes. And if anything, if you're hearing this now and you are acknowledging where it showed up in the past, well, now you've got your awareness light turned on. And again, like we said, we're going to offer some tips of what you can do when you're noticing this out in the real world. So none of this is to make you feel bad or start, but it is to, hey again, we're shining a light on it. And if this has happened to you or it hasn't yet, we're going to give you these tools for what we can do. So again, this self-serving bias, this this is a normal thing. This is a normal thing. You know, besides for maybe motherhood, we don't naturally put others before ourselves. And so today we're going to talk about how we can return to humility. And so what that means is how we can quiet our ego, that gentle shh, Settle in that inner chatter and get back to listening and putting that you before I that we had talked about. So we've got four tips for how mm-hmm. we can return to humility. Mom, do you want to start us with number one?
1: Yes, and I love this because it is uh, it's kind of a now and now and later thing. And and the first one is prime your humility. So prime it. So if you think about painting, I'm going to put a layer of base coat on. That doesn't cover it up, but it sets me up for putting another layer on top of it. And humility works the same way. So I'm going to go back and think of a time when I was really genuinely acting in a way that's down to earth with another person or a group. And I can think of those ways. I was like, yeah, I was in my essence. I was listening. I was asking those open-ended questions. And and it felt organic. And it felt really good. So I'm going to remember that as I'm going into another situation. And I love that I can call these things up to mind with some awareness because I, you know, I trust that when I have that top of mind, then I'm more likely to behave like that again. Mm. So there's ways to help us out to continue to behave in a way or start to act in a way because it's not that we've never done this. It's just identifying it, putting language around it, and then being able to find out how it lives in our season right now. So prime the pump prime your humility, go back to a time when you behaved in a way that you really felt down to earth and there was a humbleness about it that felt genuine. And I think we can agree that the genuineness is it has a bit of vulnerability in it. There's a sharing, but I, I can think of times when I, I have felt that way, behaved that way. And that is my template to then see what it looks like in another situation with another group of people and um, add to my repertoire. So- mm-hmm. Start with what you know, and then add on to it.
0: Yeah, I love that, the idea of priming. And, you know, you can be thinking about a situation, you can be visualizing a situation. And we know that when you're calling that to mind and those feelings that can, it's, it's getting you ready to then kind of, like you said, apply another layer or work on it again. Um, the second thing that we can do to uh, return to humility is to enlist curiosity, And what do I mean by this? I'm talking about deep or active listening. And Mm -hmm. so we have a whole podcast on tips for active listening and then our reflections on active listening if you want to go check out specific tips for that. But really, it's this idea of being curious about what the other person is thinking. Because tell me if this rings true for you. Are you in conversations, whether they're lighthearted or even deeper conversations, and you're listening, but you're trying to think about what you're going to say? And it's it's autopilot a lot of the yeah. times. Okay, wait, this pers- person A talks. Now I'm going to talk. So you're thinking about, and you know, oh, I need to really, I'm wor- so worried about myself, mm-hmm. right? We talk about humility is quieting the ego. I'm so worried about myself that I need to be thinking about what I'm going to say. But when you do that, that takes away your energy, attention, and focus from listening to what the other person is saying. So if we're looking at putting someone else before ourselves, that will involve actually listening. Instead of that listening as usual, that half listening that we do. And even if you're really good at it and you can kind of parrot back what people have said, but if you're still in your mind forming what you're going to say, you're not Mm -hmm. giving that other person your full attention. And I'm just, (laughs) the reason I'm harping on is because this is something that I I work on it. I actively Mm -hmm. work on it and it's still hard for me to do because I think it is that piece of me that wants to make sure that my answer is clever or I'm Mm -hmm. saying my evidence or I'm really proving that I was listening to the other person when really it takes that, can I quiet that or just actively put my attention? Again, in yoga class, we say, where are you putting your attention at? Can you focus on your breath? Can you focus on the words that the other person is saying, making eye contact with them? And so getting that curiosity. And you know what the cool thing is, is that people will notice that. Do you ever notice that when you're talking to someone and you can just tell they're kind of not there or like the second you, their response is right there, like at the ready? So the opposite is true. People will notice when you've got this curious listening going on. And when you're asking these open-ended questions and you're asking questions to learn about someone, not to judge or critique them, that will be noticed. And so enlisting your curiosity is a second way that we can return to humility.
1: I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> same, heard. <laughs> yeah. Like I've got all of that. And what I realize is that <laughs> I do that more when I feel that I'm in a role, either one that I'm in professionally or one that I've given myself, where I feel like I'm supposed to be some kind of expert. And you mentioned that, where I'm supposed to give something back, like that pressure sometimes. I, huh, like I, I did that to myself. <laughs> I totally did that to myself. So I've already mentioned in the podcast that, that that to me is like I'm elevating myself or sometimes I'm really self-deprecating like down here. So it sounds like I've got the bookends nailed, <laughs> nailed. I've got that. And, you know, but, but uh, when you see somebody's eyes twitching, when you're talking to them, like they're, they're thinking and things are happening, it's kind of like maintaining an appropriate gaze, not being creepy, staring and and having that that interaction, that 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 way of being with somebody, holding space being with someone with compassion without having to say anything and listening with the intent to understand. So gosh, I've been there so much. I, I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm like a parody of, of this, even though you know humility is important to me, but I, I can see where I've swung too far either way based on um, my inaccurate understanding of what humility is. So I have liked that we've talked about priming it priming your humility to go back, to be able to enlist your curiosity. The third one is to use self-honesty, which, wow. Um, I love that as I get older, this is is coming to me uh, with each year, that what I know is what I don't know is becoming more than what I know. And it always has been, but the gap is widening. And when we had uh, Regina Smith on uh, when a couple of podcasts back and uh, go look at, listen to that podcast, she's awesome entrepreneur, um, just all around cool cat, you know, yoga, uh, awesome person. Uh, but I remember her saying something like, "Well, oh, what I know fits in a thimble. And, <laughs> and she's this wealth of knowledge. And I remember it wasn't like a joke. She was really like, I know like this much. And I, it resonates with me now. What I know fits in a thimble. So I can't know. I When I feel like I know someone, what I, re- what I really know is what they've shared with me. And there's so much more and there's so much more of a backstory and I can't really ever capture all of that. And I, so I, I realize that I'm going to respond and, and be in a place where all my biases are, are up and running. So just to be honest about that, when I'm um, feeling a certain way, our, our, our brains are wired for bias. I'm going to respond that way. And it's not if it's when. And I'm going to give myself some grace, but I'm going to understand that I'm going to run it through the filter. I'll put it that way. And Claire, you and I were talking about this earlier. And I hope that when you're listening and we say that, that you don't be like, oh, we heard that already. But we do (laughs) talk about these gems that don't make it on, you know, as we're having the conversation because we're continuing to talk. But, the, uh, you know, running it through the filter, if I tend to see it in somebody else. But then I don't want to leave it there if I see how if somebody's acting a way that 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 is like great humility or not. But then I make doing that's part one. I can see it in somebody else. But the second part is I'm going to run it through whatever bias filter I have just to check and balance. Because I know that if I just look at it through my lens uh, without self-reflection and my uh, awareness light is not on, then I am just acting from one place. So I know that I have these biases. I know I have these prejudices. Uh, I have them in my brain, and I just want to be honest about it. And, and that brings me to a different level than I'm right. And that's one way that it can look in me. So uh, using self-honesty on many different levels based on how we're hardwired uh, is a helpful way to return to humility. Any more of these tips, Claire?
0: Yeah, I think we've got one more to round them out. So just a reminder, you can prime your humility thinking back to a time. You can enlist your curiosity and thinking about those active listening tips. You can use the self-honesty and just that huge realization that we all have that we only see what other people show us. Mm-hmm. We talk about that highlight reel and social media being a perfect example. Yes. The last thing when we want to return to humility, don't forget your kindness and This isn't necessarily kindness towards others, but more so kindness towards ourselves. And who are we usually most hard on? That's going to be ourselves, right? Um, Be gentle with yourself. Because what we just talked about in these earlier steps, you know, for me, again, it's difficult sometimes for me to do this active listening. And the whole time I'm aware and I'm going, hey, geez, I'm going back to this again and judging myself for it. Right. Or if you're using this self-honesty and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm uh, my awareness light is on. I know I have these biases. There might be that urge or a habit to be hard on yourself. And so don't forget that kindness. We're so quick to judge ourselves. Self-kindness and being gentle with ourselves can go a long way. It can help us to be true to ourselves. It can help us to have these positive shifts to work on these quiet virtues that we want to do when we're on our own side, when we're not beating ourselves down about it. So Mm. maybe a simple last tip. I don't know, mom, any last thoughts about that one?
1: Yes, just as I roll it all together and the uh, again, the kindness to others for me tends to come easier. The kindness to myself, I, I need to I, I need more practice with it. And I love to keep it top of mind, which is priming all that as well. But I did find a, a cool quote that seems to sum it up. I wonder if it resonates with you. And it, it is on humility. And it's um from Carl Albright. He's a PhD guy. And it says humility is about emotional neutrality. It involves an experience of growth in which you no longer need to put yourself above others, but you don't need to put yourself below either. Everyone is your peer. I was like, yeah. So oftentimes I can look at things where they can be emotionally charged when really it's just, this, this seems pretty straightforward to me. Nobody's above, nobody's below, which would be my habit of either going too high or too low. Everybody's a peer. And if I look at it like that, which I did not have language for, everybody's can has things to share, show, teach, exchange. And in that authentic way t- that to engage with people, I get to nurture that softer skill and see how it looks in me in this season now. So, I like, I yeah. like that
0: quote. <laughs> I feel like that sums up what you were just saying about, the, you know, instead of focusing on these bookends that we have, can we find this sweet spot in the middle? And so for you listening, many times on the Joyful Rebels podcast, we are talking about maybe these, you know, big characteristic strengths, things we want to work on. And so today we're talking about that softer side, humility, something that we can all work towards, returning to humility. So thank you for listening. And until next time, Rebels.